Hey everybody, welcome to Between the Lions, a bi-weekly bite-sized oral history of the ongoing mission by the musical collective known as My Soul Among Lions to put all 150 psalms from the Bible to music. Today we are going to talk about an imprecatory psalm, Psalm 10, and the setting that My Soul Among Lions did called Rise Up, O Lord. It's the closer of the first disc of the first album ever released by My Soul Among Lions, and a song that predates the project by a few years. Yeah, that's right. Goes all the way back to 2013. Maybe it probably was in process, maybe even before 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, it had been in process for a while, I'm sure of, because I think I had seen various versions of it mm-hmm. yep. floating around. It just had never been finished. Mm-hmm. Right. And it got finished for a specific reason that we should talk about. <laughs> yeah, should we talk about imprecatory psalms first? Have we yeah, done that before? We have had glancing blows at that conversation, but I don't know that we've just talked about it before. So let's talk about it. An imprecatory psalm is a psalm praying for God's judgment on the wicked. There've been a lot of people over the years that have questioned whether or not Christians ought to sing those types of songs. T.S. Lewis famously said, these kinds of psalms were the ravings of a madman in his little book on the psalms. And said a lot more blasphemous things than that about them. Awful. Right. Yeah, and his reflections on the psalms. But Christians throughout the ages have always understood them to be a part of how we ought to pray. Going all the way, even seeing the imprecatory psalms reflected in Revelation, Mm -hmm. praying and praising, praying for God's judgment on the wicked and praising God for his judgment on the wicked and rejoicing at God's judgment on the wicked. Um, And not seeing that as being in conflict with Christ's commands to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I think one of the criticisms of these psalms is that this is what leads to jihad right this is this is it's it's this kind of rhetoric that leads to violence that's lead led to a lot of the abuses of the church you know the inquisition the crusades these kind one of one of the criticisms people might make of these kinds of psalms is that they stir up anger and that anger has a, a negative outlet in some people now the assertion we're about to make is false they, false the exact opposite actually. yeah they don't stir up anger they teach you what to do with your anger mm-hmm. at the injustices of this world. What they do is they teach you to take your ang- your righteous anger at the injustices of this world to the throne of God and ask God to give justice. One of the things that people don't think about because they just they're very shallow and immature in their thinking is that love it, love for justice, love for the poor, the vulnerable, and the downtrodden, downtrodden means a desire for justice against those who have oppressed the poor and the weak, the the needy, the widow and the orphan. And so how can you plead the widow and orphan's cause without bringing justice to the oppressors of the widow and orphan? Mm-hmm. How can you love the widow and orphan without being angry at those righteously who oppress them, who cause them harm? The imprecatory Psalms teach us uh, there are all kinds of ways that we do work for actual real justice in the world and in society, but the imprecatory Psalms teach us what to do with that righteous anger and love for the poor and needy when justice is outside of our control. Mm-hmm. And it's to bring it to the throne of God and to call on God to ex- to step in, to intervene and to exercise judgment in his own way on his own terms, where it's not right or appropriate or where we simply lack the power to do it ourselves. But to not take vengeance ourselves, because vengeance is the Lord's and he will repay. 
You know, it's interesting. Just this morning, uh, my wife happened to be listening to the Bible when I went downstairs to get ready, get my coffee. She was listening to the account of Nabal and Abigail and David. And I just wanted to make the point real quick that this wasn't just a poetic conceit of David's. It wasn't just in his prayer. Like this, this had real world, this way of thinking was King David. Because in the story, Nabal wrongs him. He goes to take him out to destroy him. Abigail intervenes. And David says to her, after she gives her wonderful little speech, he said, he says, blessed be your discernment and blessed be you who have kept me this day from bloodshed and from avenging myself by my own hand. Mm. And then the fascinating thing about that is that it's not just that, but then Nabal dies. God avenges him. And, right. <laughs> and, David's, and, and, and David isn't just like, oh, well, you know, it's cool that God, God avenges me, but I can't talk about that. He gets the news. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept back his servant from evil. The Lord has also returned the evil doing of Nabal on his own head. So David's like, yes, I didn't <laughs> I didn't take my own vengeance, but God avenged God me. Avenge anyway. me. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Did, yeah, this is how it works. This mm. is how it should work. So and that's in a very real and personal case in David's life. So you might want to ask, okay, how does that square with love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? And the answer is we can pray for all kinds of people who do us personal wrongs and, and pray for the repentance of people who even do uh, hor commit horrible evils and atrocities mm -hmm. while still condemning their injustices and their actions and asking and praying for God to vindicate the cause of the widow and the orphan, the poor and the needy. We can pray for God to give Adolf Hitler repentance and to turn from his wicked ways of slaughtering innocent people while also praying that God judge Adolf Hitler and the Nazi regime and take it down and lay it in the dust mm -hmm. where it belongs mm -hmm. for its wicked bloodshed of innocent people. Right. A Christian can do both mm -hmm. and should do both. We live in a nation where we kill our unborn children and it's legal and it's permitted. And we need to be praying, especially in a time where we have a pandemic, we should see it as God's judgment on us for our sins. And we should be praying that God gives us all repentance. We should be uh, repenting of our wicked deeds and you know, both personally and corporately and praying that God would vindicate the cause of the orphan and the widow. And who's more of an orphan than an unborn child who's disowned by and slaughtered by his mother and father? A Christian's life is, is full of trials and persecutions. And I think with this psalm, it's like clearly King David has received those trials. He's been the, you know, the recipient of persecutions and he's enduring them. And he's wondering why God hasn't intervened, why God doesn't take care of this, why why does he allow wicked to continue? Yeah, and the and, fact is, sorry to interrupt you. No, go but, ahead. But the fact is, we if we have eyes to see the righteousness of God in the wickedness of this world, living with that tension is very painful and very difficult to do. Mm -hmm. Walking by faith and living by faith in a world, in a country that, I mean, you can just drive past the place where they kill the babies. Um, right. That's difficult tension to live with. And without David teaching us how to deal with that tension, we're very vulnerable to finding our own ungodly ways of dealing with the tension right. ourselves. And right. the story of this particular song is rooted in a man from our church who 
took vengeance into his own hands. Basically, in 2013, a man from our church uh, took a axe and went in the night and smashed up our local Planned Parenthood. And Jody had been working on this song and hadn't finished it. And that Sunday, he got he that week after that after this incident happened, Jody finished the song, and then he got up and actually said to the congregation, "I wish I'd finished this before. I wish I'd had this done because I think it actually would have helped." Mm-hmm. Which again might seem counterintuitive if you're thinking like a worldling, because it's like, oh well, you're talking about the anger of God and rise up, O oh Lord. That's just going to give this man an excuse to be violent. But actually, it's the antidote. Yeah, because, you know, what do you do with that? You know, this is the thing that the Psalms are teaching us over and over and over again. What do you do with the ways you feel about yourself, your sin, wickedness and sin of the world? What do you do when you're angry and when you're sad? Do you bottle it up inside yourself? Do you invent it and let it run free? And the Psalms are always teaching us to direct all of those feelings to God. Yeah. And... You don't bottle up your emotions because they're going to come out one way or another, and it's going to be destructive to you, and it's going to be destructive to other people. You don't let them run free and just vent them because that's destructive. You bring them to God, and you pour them out before God, and then you deal with them in a way that honors God, and you let God write you and order your heart by his law and by his standard. And so the Psalms are full of the most sorrowful, mournful, plaintive pleas that you could ever imagine, and some of the most angry, righteously angry moments you could ever imagine. David has no trouble dealing with his emotions, but he deals with them before the God who sees and who knows, and who's in control of all these things that he feels scared about, impotent about, the Psalms and singing the Psalms. I mean, this really was, in many ways, a big push for our Psalm project, at least in Mm -hmm. my mind, was like, hey, we desperately need the Psalms training us how to think and feel and how to pray, what to do with the, you know, in the most Mr. Rogers-y terms possible, what to do with the sad we feel, what to do with the angry we feel. The mad we feel, yeah. The mad we feel, yeah, or however Mr. Rogers would ever actually put it. Mm -hmm. But what do you do with the mad you feel? (laughs) You know, that's what the Psalms teach us. And so, yeah, when Jody stood up and said what he said, he was saying, look, there's a biblical way to deal with this tension that we all feel. Some of us just decide not to feel it. Some of us push it deep down. Some of us go and vent it, you know, whether we are taking an ax to Planned Parenthood or whether we go down there and just angrily yell at people or, you know. Or whether we're taking that out on our kids or, or in the movies we watch or people look for catharsis in all kinds of ways. Exactly, yeah. There's a way to go down to Planned Parenthood and be helpful. There's a way to deal with the tensions of these world of this world um, that honors God. The Psalms should be teaching us to do that. So Jody's saying, "I wish I hadn't. I wish I had finished this sooner. Maybe it could have." Well, yeah, yeah. If we had been singing the Psalms earlier, who knows what could have been different? But sometimes we need a push and a kick in the pants to to learn a a valuable lesson and to grow in the ways that we need to grow. And that's what this Psalm was and represents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I love about this psalm, and we've talked about this before, is it's like what you're saying, Jake. It's this is this is like a way of venting, but it's the appropriate way. If we don't take these things to God, it's going to come out in sinful ways. Absolutely. You know, it's okay. We can go to God and we can say, "Hey, where are you? 
Like, why aren't you dealing with this wickedness that's all around me? You know, how long do I have to endure this? And and not just me, but those who are humble and oppressed and <laughs> lowly. What I love about the Psalms is that David, he just goes for it. He mm-hmm. just he just states what he's feeling. Yeah. Why do you stand far off, O oh God? Yeah. And then he goes through all the litany of, of mm-hmm. the wicked and who they are and what their character is. But almost always with every Psalm, it's like, what you get in the end is is you can see that his heart has been melded, molded, Softened. conformed. Yeah. Because in the end, he has hope and he believes and he says, oh Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear. And he just, he knows that the Lord is hearing his prayer, is gonna act. But in his time, you know, it's for our good too that we, go through life with various trials and suffering and various persecutions. He's doing a good work in us and disciplining us and sanctifying us as Mm -hmm. well through all this. Mm -hmm. And David, you know, if he didn't endure these things, would he cry out to God? Right. Uh, It it drives us to God, these, these afflictions that we experience. Well, and what's awesome is, for me, it's such a comfort to know that King David, the chosen one, a type of Christ, a man who had much more potency and agency and a greater right to take revenge than I'll ever have for my petty problems. He still had, he still felt the same things and he still had to give them to God. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't have been right for him to just go take out Nabal. That account is actually buttressed by two accounts of two separate accounts of King Saul coming after David and David not taking him out when he has multiple opportunities. Yep, And it's like David knew that vengeance was God's, God would repay, and he could rest in that. And he had to. And if he could do it with his enemies and with his relative ability to repay, uh, <laughs> 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 David wasn't afraid of bloodshed, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Then I can do it, you know? I mean, what do I have to complain about? It's really comforting. Mm-hmm. And this song rocks. I love this song. I loved it the day that we sang it. It was really cathartic to sing it that day. And it's got a baller outro where Oh yeah. You the, know the coda. Yeah. Is, uh the coda is great. Lord is king. The Lord is King mm-hmm. is is awesome and it builds up to it mm-hmm. and I love it to pieces. That's that's my contribution to this discussion. <laughs> I think it's really cool. It just gave me a, a one of the Jake talked about this psalm like inspiring him like we need to do more. Well, for me, similarly like yeah we need to do more but also like we can do more we are capable like there's a way to take modern musical forms and put them with this material in a way that'll really bring it to life and make it pop and make it strong Mm -hmm. and make you feel it it's like you have permission to do that this is so this is one of four songs that psalms that had been set prior to the project two of those original songs didn't make the cut, Psalm 3 and Psalm 8. The other Psalm 1 made it on by the skin of its teeth, um, which I'm grateful for because I like it better than the other Psalm 1, personally. Mm-hmm. I like them all. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I didn't like, I didn't, I don't like the other one. I just, you know, you got two of them. You yeah. know, I like one better. There was, to my memory, a bit of a crisis about this Psalm. Yeah. And whether or not it needed to be rewritten or whether or not it could even go on the album because the album had taken such such a folk turn that Jody was concerned. And I remember it being principally Jody's concern that the straight up 
rock anthem that this song was would never work and fit Mm -hmm. on the album. And I remember going from arguing that it's fine as it is to saying, well, can you at least rearrange it and make it a Mumford song and use banjos instead of electric guitars or something? Can we keep this song and have it fit the album aesthetically, retool it so it fits aesthetically what you think the album needs to sound like? Well, and it's one of those kind of crisis points where it's like, if your project has become something that's going to force you to murder a darling that you love this much, then do you like the thing that the it's become? Has become? I mean, that's that was kind of my thinking is, oh boy, if 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 the fact that we've gone folk means we can't do this, then do we want to go folk? And I'm I'm glad we did, and I love the album the way it turned out, but it was kind of like a whoa, let's take a step back and think yeah. about this. Well, this was so also that's my. I'm sorry. This was also the tenth psalm. Right. Yeah. It's at the end of the summer. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we wanted to be able to come up with another 10 yeah. version. Mm-hmm. But hey, you're tired at the end of the summer. Yeah. We weren't coming up with anything better, nor did we think we could. <laughs> right. This is pretty good. <laughs> so that that was my memory of like how we ended up getting, or it, it, I don't even know how much part I played and how it all played out. Maybe you know or remember better because I think it had basically been out of my hands by then. And I was just sort of like out there saying, let's not give up this Psalm 10. Let's yeah. let's keep it rock. Oh, no, we can't do that. We have to rewrite it. Well, how about we just folkify it? Can yeah. we Mumford it? Can we banjo it? I think we- that was easy, easily said, but it right. actually was really difficult. That's what, I, that's yeah. what I was hoping you would say. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we actually, I mean, we threw out several tries. I think this was our most thrown out recording of that set of psalms where we just kept, ah, that's not working. Either the tempo's not right for the style or whatever, the feel, we just kept throwing it out. And so somehow we landed on what we did. A little banjo, yeah, that got in there. Actually, claw hammer banjo, which is a little different than the uh, the finger picking way this is huh. no no picks claw your hand becomes a claw <laughs> and it's kind of like down strum and knocking with your thumb on the high strings and ding dig a 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 ding and actually i picked up the you know i had a banjo my i inherited my grandfather's banjo but it's not a five string it was a four string so actually that year started for this album started really trying to figure out how to play the banjo at least so it could be passable. Mm-hmm. At least I could fake it or something. <laughs> and so I watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos learning how to play claw hammer. And I was happy that I got to use that on Psalm 10. Um, I think Andrew detuned or retuned his violin to make it in that key. More, It's hard to play in, or I'm not a violinist, but it's harder to play maybe in certain flat keys. And so that was, I think, in a flat key, maybe D flat can't remember yeah so we tuned it when you guys are going into the studio do you go in armed with a plan like have you sat down written out parts arrangements or are you just like let's try this see if it's st- throw stuff at the wall see what yeah. sticks like it, it depends like if we've played it publicly or you know then we've probably had a rehearsal and sorted those things out but if we've like with psalm 10 you know we had played it publicly but in a different way and so this was kind of more like throwing things at the wall over and over and over for a couple few days. So we found 
path that we thought would work. So do you like, when you're going in, do you know like, oh, Andrew's definitely going to be on the violin here? Or is it just like, well, let's see what happens. Uh, Yeah, it varies. Sometimes we we know from the bat, you know, off the bat that it's going to, it'll work well with this instrument or that. But other times we're like, ah, it's, it's just lacking something it really needs. And, you know, a more melodic instrument or something that we'll, we'll put in there and see if it works. But yeah, I really like what Andrew did with the violin part. It's cool. No, we recently redid it and uh, oh, yeah. released the rock version yeah. to our Patreon subscribers, though. Yeah, the funny thing is that we actually didn't redo it. <laughs> the funny thing is that we recorded that well before. I think when the Good Shepherd Band recorded All the Bells Shall Ring, the second Christmas, the cr- album. Second Christmas yeah. album, we actually tagged onto that. It was like a January recording session at the New Year couple more songs we so we, we had it all set up so we recorded psalm 10 and we even recorded a new version of his final word <laughs> huh. that we never did anything with it's not complete in any way it's not like we're holding something back from you it's there's a lot of work that we would have to do so but uh yeah so we did psalm 10 and then that sat for how many years i mean that that sat for five years mm. uh till last year where all we really needed to do is put you know, so the real vocals, not the scratch vocals on and maybe one other part, but, and then we finished it. And so, yeah, it was fun to put that out there and get Rob Bettinghouse back on the drums, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we have two versions now. I'm glad the rock version lived. I'm glad it's available yeah, it's, for people. It's really great. It's, it's cool. It's epic. It's epic. Yeah. So let's listen to it folks. And I'll let you decide which version you're hearing. He sits secure, living undisturbed 
your judgments never even cross his mind Lying in wait for the helpless child Lurking in shadow, trying hard to cheat them He stalks his prey like a hungry lion Why do you let him live before your eyes? Rise up, O oh Lord God, lift up your hands Why do you let these wicked men stand? When will you break them, take them in hand? You've always been a helper of your food Rise up, O oh Lord. 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 You can listen to My Soul Among Lions pretty much wherever you listen to your music, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever. You can get charts and lead sheets if you'd like to use this song in your worship at clearnotesongbook.com. And of course, you can support this fine work at warhornmedia.com forward slash give.